0: Hey guys, welcome to A Look Into Leukemia. My name is Nick and as the title suggests, this is gonna be a podcast about leukemia and more specifically, my experience with leukemia. So this episode will be about my diagnosis. I am a leukemia survivor and a little bit about me is that I'm a college student. Um, I am a musician, I actually studied music at FIU before COVID and before my diagnosis, but now I've transferred to UCF um, where I'm looking into a few different degree programs. Um, I'm a huge fan of the beautiful game, um, football, or as Americans call it, soccer. (laughs) I support Orlando city, my hometown team, and I support Liverpool. And so that's just a little bit about me, but you guys will get to know me a little bit more, a lot more throughout the podcast and and hearing what I went through and, and my thoughts. But I do just want to go ahead and say that this podcast is going to be my experience with leukemia and with cancer. So everybody is affected differently by cancer, and both physically and mentally. So while I can tell you what I went through and the thoughts that I had, that may be completely contrary to what you or someone you know may have gone through. Um, so what I say is not representative of all cases of leukemia and all treatment and all recovery and all that. So this is only my experience. But I still wanted to share that experience with you guys because it's something that's very personal and not a lot of people actually are aware of the things that a cancer patient goes through and what that entails. Um, And I myself was Victim to that because when I was diagnosed, I'm not afraid to say that I honestly had no clue what leukemia was or what anything else was that I was gonna be going through. So I think it's important for me to hop on here and and kind of let you guys know what we go through. And so that's gonna be one of the goals of this podcast is just to spread awareness of what cancer treatment is like, what that process is like, and and some of the things that are involved in a cancer tr- uh, process, like What is a bone marrow transplant? All right, what is, what even is chemo? Um, And stuff like that, you know? And just sort of things that people have heard of um, and associated with cancer, but they don't really know and really understand what it means. So I just wanted to sort of tackle that as well. So as I mentioned, at the time of my diagnosis, I didn't even know what leukemia was. So for those of you that may not know, that's completely okay, Um, I didn't either. And so for those of you that don't know, leukemia is a blood cancer. Okay, so a blood cancer is any type of cancer that originates in your blood forming tissues. Um, So some examples are leukemia, lymphoma, and and multiple myeloma. So with that being said, let's just go ahead and get into episode one, which is going to be about my diagnosis. So I was diagnosed officially on August 15th, 2020 and that diagnosis was t-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia and it may have sounded to you like i just spoke another language and that's completely okay because to me it also sounds like that <laughs> and so when i was actually diagnosed my doctor he, he brought in a little paper with all the blood cells on it and and he wrote it down and, and explained it to me like I was in first grade. And that was super helpful because I had no clue what that meant at all. So I'm going to explain that to the best of my abilities, but I'm not a doctor. So whatever I say, take it with a grain of salt and check in with a reliable source um, if you want to learn more about that. Um, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society is wonderful. They have so many um, learning um Resources available and that's actually where I learned a lot about my diagnosis and blood cancer in general so my diagnosis was t-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia and That's a lot of words right there that I just said. So let's start from the beginning um, and We'll start from t-cell so In our blood we have a lot of different types of blood cells and one of those types of cells is called a white blood cell And in that white blood cell is a type of cell called a lymphocyte. And there are two types of lymphocytes. There's a B lymphocyte and there's a T lymphocyte. And so for me, my cancer was originating in the T lymphocyte. And what that means is that my T lymphocytes were just going crazy. They were producing wrong. Um, They didn't They weren't effective. And so I just had a bunch of unhealthy T lymphocytes that are supposed to be fighting infections. But instead, they're just multiplying and doing nothing for me. So as long as I have all these unhealthy uh, lymphocytes, all these unhealthy blood cells, I can't produce healthy blood cells. So I can't have an effective immune system. So any bacteria, any virus, anything that wants to come in my body... Oh, it's a free party. They can just come in here and do whatever because I have no defense. Um, so, of course, that's a huge health risk, and we want to get rid of that because my body will just keep producing these unhealthy cells. Um, and it's also important to note that this is random. This is completely random. There's nothing that I did that caused this to happen. Um, this can happen to anyone at any time. Um, Leukemia patients range from anywhere from being an infant to being um, elderly. So it's just completely random. So the other thing about my diagnosis is that it was acute leukemia. And so all that means is that it progresses very rapidly without treatment. So I just have all these unhealthy blood cells that keep producing, and they're just going to keep and keep and keep producing. Um, if left untreated. So, to summarize, my body is just producing these unhealthy cells and enormous amounts very fast, very rapid. And if left untreated, um, it can get very bad very quick. So, with all that being said, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, how did I get diagnosed? Probably one of the most common questions I get because how do you even really know you have something like that? Um, And for me, it was pretty simple. Um, So in July, I got mono at the beginning of the month. Uh, Got really sick. Um, Sick for about two weeks. Then I got better from that. And then, again, within a couple of days, sinus infection. Got better from that. And then, once again, within the week, I got sick again. Uh, I ended up getting better from that. And then the fourth time, I got sick. But I I had this crazy... um, abdominal pain and I almost passed out once when I was outside so my primary care doctor was like yeah you probably have appendicitis so I'm going to send you to the ER to get some blood work done um, and then we can really figure out what's going on so that was August 12th that I went to the ER Um, I just went in the middle of the day my mom was able to get off work to take me um, and I wasn't really anticipating what was about to go on So here I am, August 12th, Um, I get to the ER, Um, they take all my vitals, um, and then they go ahead and start with all their tests. I had to get blood, I had to get some imaging, Um, I had some other tests, Uh, I honestly don't remember a lot of it because that day was just a huge blur, um, to be completely honest, and so I was just waiting there, I was actually watching soccer, um, and the ER doctor finally came in and and they had some results from some of the tests they did. And he basically told me like, okay, so you have almost 500,000 white blood cells. Um, and I'm like, I don't even know what that means. And he explained to me that the normal range is between like 5 and eleven, five thousand and eleven thousand, 5,000 and 11,000. But I have almost 500,000. So he was kind of explaining that they suspect that I might have something like Um, a blood cancer or an autoimmune disease, so they needed to transfer me over to the main hospital where they can monitor me and run some more tests. And at that moment, just sitting in that ER bed with all these doctors around me telling me I might have a blood cancer, I honestly wish that I had a tangible feeling or emotion to recall, but I don't. At that point, I was just processing words um, and it hadn't really it didn't really hit me yet that, whoa, uh, I might have a blood cancer. Um, I was just kind of hearing the words, and, and I don't even remember a single thought in my mind, to be honest. So yeah, I'm in the ER, and I'm being told I got to transfer to the main hospital by ambulance, and because I'm an adult, I was 19, and because of the pandemic restrictions, I have to go alone. Um, I got to say goodbye to my mom, I got to say wave bye to my little brother and my dad, who had Um, came to drop me off a few things Um, and yeah it wasn't really until I was in that ambulance heading towards the main hospital that it kind of hit me I'm like wait a minute What, what is going on you know like I was just going about my day and then all of a sudden I'm now in this ambulance being separated from my family going to the hospital and so that was an emotional moment for me because I just had been separated and I wanted to cry, but I couldn't because the guy in the back of the ambulance was asking me all sorts of questions like, what's your date of birth? What's your address? Uh, any allergies and stuff like that. So that was a very emotional moment for me and I definitely had tears well up in my eyes, but um, i that wasn't the first time I cried. So then that night I got to the hospital and At that that time, I was just like, I was numb, I was tired, and I just wanted to go to sleep. But I had like all these IVs in my arm, and the nurse was in there all night asking me random questions, and you know, you just can't get good sleep, uh, you know, (laughs) after everything that happened. so in the morning, um, I woke up, I got woke up super early, and it was just some doctors visiting me, you know, telling me things that are going on, explaining some things, and then nurse practitioner walked in and she was like yeah we need to get a bone marrow biopsy and I'm like okay what is that and they basically pull out bone marrow from your hip so they pull out about half an inch of bone marrow from your hip um, and it's about a stick a little bit thicker than pencil lead and what that does is it lets the doctors analyze and see exactly what types of cells are being produced in your bone marrow, in your body, and it lets them see what kind of leukemia cells, if any, are being produced by your body. And that was hands down the most excruciating pain I have ever been through. Like I usually have a very high pain tolerance, um, but I guess because I had almost 500,000 white blood cells, um, it made it hurt more that's what they told me so yeah that was extremely painful and yeah that's sort of when the tears started flowing for me so i remember yeah just crying and them, them doing that and then when they finished um my dad finally was able to come and and yeah that was just a really emotional moment shortly after that they transferred me uh, i think it was downstairs yeah they transferred me to the 11th floor because i was in the top um, which was the bone marrow transplant unit, uh, which would be where all the blood cancer patients are. Um, and so over the next couple of days, just you know various docs and nurses were coming in taking tests and labs and and stuff. and I had to get a pick line in my arm, which is basically it's like um, a line that goes through your veins into um, um, I think it's called like the, your heart cavity or something like that. Um, But it goes right by your heart. Um, And that's where they administer blood transfusions if you need it. That's where they give you chemo. They administer everything through there. Meds sometimes. Um, And yeah, that was really annoying to have that in my arm all the time because I couldn't get it wet. So when I showered, I had that plastic sleeve on. And then also, you're attached to the IV pole the whole time. And yeah, it's just... Needless to say, it was just a very, very annoying thing. It didn't hurt, but it was annoying because it was in your arm all the time. So, yeah, the f- a few days passed from August 13th, which was the day I had the biopsy. And then on August 15th, early morning, doctor came in, told me I have acute lymphoblastic leukemia. And for those of you who don't know, acute leukemia is very rapid growing cancer, and it needs immediate treatment. And so here I am, you know, just turned 19, two and a half weeks after my birthday, and I'm told I have acute leukemia. The good news is it is treatable. And I had a great team, a great doctor, and great support from my family and friends um, and everyone. So that made the world of difference to me. But sitting in that hospital bed, being told, yeah, you have acute leukemia, we gotta start treatment tomorrow that was the moment that was the moment that my adrenal glands kicked in and they were like fight you know because every every human has that fight flight or freeze instinct and for me right from the moment of my diagnosis I always my system just chose fight I knew that you know cancer was gonna be no problem I was gonna get through this you know take my hair all right you know I'll be weak I'll lay down for a few months you know give me give me upset tummy that's fine um Cause I was just, I was so ready to fight, get, get through it. Um, and so because I was 19, they told me they were me the pediatric treatment, which was much more intense than the adult treatment. Because for some reason, I'm not a doctor or anything. Um, but for some reason they say that children can, can take heavier chemo and, and heavier treatment than adults. So the pediatric treatment was more intense um, but they they thought I could I could handle it because I'm only 19. So <laughs> I remember at that moment, um, they told me I was going to get pediatric treatment. It was going to be very intense. And I was so ready to fight that it's just funny because I remember my thoughts in that moment. I was just thinking, really, is this the most intense regimen I can be on? Because I want, I want you guys to beat me down as hard as possible because I know for a fact that I'm going to get back up. I was already thinking, like around that time that beating cancer was just going to be such a high that life afterwards was going to be a drag. You know, I was just going to be so pumped up after beating cancer that going back to normal life was just going to be weird. And it was at that moment um, that something inside me just kind of reassured me um, that it's okay. You know, I can suffer in the short term um, and make sacrifices in the short term during treatment. In order to have a long term, in order to beat cancer, so that's why I was having those thoughts that you know just beat me down as hard as you can, because I got to get back to normal life. I got to think about my future. I don't care if I'm gonna be sick for a while. So I was already in that mindset of look, I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to. I'm ready to do this. So I had my parents actually bring me up. Um, as I mentioned, I'm I'm into music. I'm a musician, so I had them bring me up a few guitars, my bass, and my recording gear, and so. Yeah, I I played a lot of guitar in the hospital, recorded a few tracks. um, But it just goes to show that I was there and I was ready to fight cancer. But I was ready to have fun while doing it because I knew I was going to be there. So didn't have to be miserable. Um, I was ready to make it my own. So I have blood cancer. What's next? Treatment. And my treatment was only chemotherapy. So chemotherapy, for those of you that don't know is a drug that kills all um, fast-growing cells so it kills all your blood cells that produce fast but it also kills your hair cells and it kills your nail fingernail cells and stuff so that's why you lose your hair because it kills those cells are fast-growing but don't quote me on that I'm not a doctor so my treatment was gonna consist of three phases the first phase being induction phase which The goal is to just get rid of the leukemia, all the leukemia cells out. The next stage is consolidation um, phase, which is stage two, um, which is just going to be making sure all those leukemia cells are out. And then the third stage is called the bone marrow transplant, um, which I'll have my own episode on that because that's a huge part of my treatment. So my treatment was going to be just... Phase 1 was just chemo and and as I said before I was being treated pediatrically um, so I was expecting this you know this crazy chemo regimen but when when they brought me my calendar I saw that I was only being treated mostly one time a week and this was going to last for 5 weeks and the first week I was going to get treated Sunday and Wednesday and it was going to be the first day was just two drugs, Van Christine and Donna Rubinson. And then uh, on Wednesday, I was going to get Pego Spargase, something like that. But then the following weeks, I was only going to get all these drugs on one day, uh, Sunday. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's a whole other six days of the week. What the heck is going on here? Um, I thought I was going to get super intense treatment. Um, but it turns out that um, those drugs were just pretty heavy. So they could just do it all on one day um, and give my body time to recover. But one aspect of treatment I wanted to mention that not a lot of people know of is the amount of transfusions that cancer patients get. So because we're getting this chemo and in some cases people get radiation, our blood is just not producing. Um, It is not producing healthy amounts anywhere. So in order to maintain us and keep us at healthy healthy levels... We have to get regular transfusions. So, I'm talking about red blood cells um, and platelets and, and the like. And so, every day, uh, or almost every day, I would have to get at least one bag um, of blood transfused. And to me, that was just super impactful because when I was healthy, I would walk around, and I would see like the big red bus, or I would see different um, blood donating buses. And I always thought of that as, you know, I'll donate my blood and then when someone has a car accident, they have an emergency, they'll get my blood when they need it. But I didn't think that, you know, all these cancer patients would need blood just to stay alive and be healthy day to day because their body doesn't produce enough. So that was crazy to me, the amount of blood that I needed transfused during treatment. So this is why I'll advocate that if you are healthy and able um, and willing to donate blood, then... Yeah, that's just a blessing because there's there's so many cancer patients that just need multiple bags of blood just to maintain them, and it's such a selfless um, thing to do to donate blood. So the plan was to be in the hospital for all of the first phase, which was going to be five weeks, Um, and I was actually super blessed because my numbers were looking good. Everything was looking good. I was looking pretty healthy for what I, for what I was. And they actually let me out. They discharged me, um, after 16 days and they told me I could finish the treatment outpatient. And so that was just such a huge blessing because I hadn't seen my little brother in so long and I wanted to go home. Um, it was just a huge relief to be able to go home. But Along with the diagnosis and treatment came the news about fertility. So as I mentioned, chemotherapy kills off your fast-growing cells, and that includes sperm, but sometimes it doesn't come back. And actually oftentimes, it doesn't come back, and it doesn't start to produce again. Like your hair will come back and fingernails. So for me, that was just a huge sucker punch in the face because uh, it was just... It's just one of my dreams to be able to have my own family and to be a father. And so when I was told that, that was like the first time that I realized that cancer was really going to take away some of my humanity and take away some of my dignity. Um, because I wouldn't be able to have kids naturally if I was even going to have kids at all. So that, was, that really hurt for me. That was by far one of the most depressing moments um, that I've ever experienced in my life. And I remember because I had to take, I had to, you know, have a sample before I started chemo. um, And I remember just staring out the window. (laughs) I was thinking about like, man, what is going on? Um, And so that was by far one of the most depressing moments. But there is good news because there is some cases and a lot, a lot of times in younger patients where fertility does come back. So I just keep my prayers up that it does come back because that is one of my big dreams. So how did cancer affect my life personally? Well, I got diagnosed in August, so it was a week before classes were gonna start for the fall semester um, at university. So I was in a position where I knew I wouldn't be able to take full-time classes, so I had to drop a few and I was so blessed to be able to take two classes while I was going through treatment Um, and my professors were incredibly understanding, which was so which was so great and such a blessing. So I was able to take two classes during the fall, which I ended up did taking an incomplete in them both because my transplant was coming up and I just did not have the energy or the mental willpower to to be able to finish the work. So I was also working at Amazon before I before my diagnosis before I got sick and I was so blessed with them because they, They kept me on a leave of absence um, for the entirety of my diagnosis and treatment and recovery. So, today, I'm still employed with them. I'm actually back to work now at the warehouse, and they've just been incredible with me. So, no matter what people say about working conditions with Amazon, I'll tell you, I've had a great experience. And that was with cancer, too. So, yeah. So, it definitely did affect my personal life in that way, but because we were already... In the pandemic, it didn't affect too much of my day to day because I was just gonna be at home anyways. I was just gonna be super cautious anyways. But I'll get into that as well with another episode about having cancer during the pandemic, and I'm excited for that one because I have a special guest. Um, and yeah, you guys don't wanna miss that one. It'll be it'll be a great a great episode. So that was the overall diagnosis. Story, and I can't really think of too much to add, but I do want to highlight that the positive mindset that I had from the initial um, point of my diagnosis made the world of difference um, throughout my treatment. Because, as you guys know, I'm sure you guys are aware how important your mindset is throughout anything in life, and cancer is no different. As a matter of fact, I think your mindset um, is actually even more important because it'll magnify throughout everything you go through and everything you do. Um, And for me, because I was so optimistic and positive about my diagnosis and my prognosis, I didn't let those negative thoughts take seed and grow in my mind. I didn't even give them a chance to thrive or anything. So the positive mindset that I had from the very beginning was, the thing that i believe gave me the opportunity to fight cancer so strongly and to be where i am today that's a wrap for today's episode um but next week we'll be getting into my consolidation phase and we'll be talking about treatment um the bulk of treatment so i'm excited to share that with you guys and i hope you all have a blessed day